Welcome back to Innocence Lost. My name is John Reckia, and let's go for it. Um, some more life updates since I last chatted with you. Uh, last time I talked about my transition to New York, what I'm doing work-wise, and how I was doing mental health-wise. Um, and I'm happy to report that the mental health is probably the best it has been in honestly as long as I can remember I'm really digging my living situation here in Brooklyn um I'm really digging my roommates um Nick Stellan Maggie uh Yudash and Molly they're slowly becoming a part of my family I spent this past week hanging out with Liam um who was on episode one he came and visited us uh and we had a blast we went to a Mets game we explored Brooklyn we ate some awesome food. We played some video games, ate some bagels. It was lovely. And also while he was here, I was knee deep in garden planning for our backyard. And I'm happy to report as well that the garden is fully up and running. Our backyard is starting to look pretty awesome. And I am very excited to start getting things into the ground. And I'm also very excited to start a new podcast that will be garden-themed, garden-related, and will be with my roommate, Nick Stellan. So stay tuned for that. That'll be a lot of fun. So, all in all, doing quite well. Um, I'm enjoying working on this podcast. I'm finally starting to get some traction on some full-time job stuff. And, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty happy. If you know me, you know I'm obsessed with movies, and I have like an odd obsession with the Oscars as well. (laughs) So it is Oscar season. The Oscars are taking place next Sunday. So I felt that this was a good time to give you my predictions and also give you some recommendations on some of my favorite movies that came out this year. So I'll just run through the major categories. Best Picture is looking like Nomadland is the favorite, starring Frances McDormand and directed by Chloe Zhao. I dug this one a lot. Um, I would not be bummed at all if it won. Beautiful filmmaking, a great portrait of America, and a great portrait of just people in general. And old people, too. I think people forget that old people exist sometimes when they make movies. And this movie doesn't forget them, and I appreciate that. While I'm picking Nomadland to win, my favorite movie from this list is definitely Judas and the Black Messiah, um, starring Daniel Kaluuya and probably my favorite actor working today, Lakeith Stanfield. Um, They just, both of those guys just do a fucking amazing job. And this is a movie of so many wild twists and turns and so many just shocking things (laughs) that make you very frustrated with our country but at the same time it's such an important watch i think for 2021 especially um and if i were to recommend any movie from this list this would be the one that i think you should check out it's streaming on hbo max right now uh yeah please watch and then honorable mentions of course to the father minari promising young woman and Sound of Metal. Those four flicks, awesome. Check them out. They're all streaming. Um, Yeah. Best director, I'm going to go with 
Lee Isaac Chung for Minari. Um, just a super personal piece, amazing cinematography, just top to bottom, awesome directing, big fan. Best actor, I think it'll go to Chadwick Boseman, um, who was very stellar in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, but I'm hoping that it goes to Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal. Or I'm hoping Stephen Yun finally gets his due for Minari. Stephen Yun gave one of my favorite performances ever in Burning a couple years ago. If you haven't seen Burning, um, definitely recommend. That one's on Netflix as well. Best Actress, I'm going to go with Frances McDormand again for Nomadland. Um, this will be her, I think, third Oscar if she wins it. Yeah, and she was incredible in it, and I think she deserves it. I guess if I were to pick a runner-up, I would say Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman. Um, she was super cool in that one as well. Um, best animated movie. I did really like Wolf Walkers, but this is definitely going to go to Soul um, from Pixar. Soul was a, was a stellar movie. I, I really liked it. No hate at all. Um, and I guess I'll do the screenplays and then call it. So best adapted screenplay. <laughs> uh, the Borat movies in here, which I think is really funny. Um, but for this one, I'm going to go with The Father. Um, I thought the script was probably the strongest part. The script and the performances were the strongest part of the father so i hope that wins and as far as the best original screenplay <laughs> it might go to sorkin for the trial of chicago 7 which i thought was eh. um but i'm hoping that it goes to judas and the black messiah uh that would be my pick so i think that's kind of all of the main categories um and yeah i'm looking forward to this year's oscars it should be should be a fun time and yeah today's episode will be my conversation from a couple months ago with michael rockman um we talk a lot about our formative years um and it's a very riveting conversation that i'm excited for you guys to hear so let's jump into it i'm a fool to do your dirty work oh yeah i don't want to do your dirty work no more. I'm a fool to do your dirty work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one time my dad, my dad, like, a while ago, um, like, we were just chilling, and he, like, looks at me, and he starts laughing, and he's like, yo, I just match with Joe's mom. <laughs> Yeah, that was pre. That was pre his girlfriend he has now. Um, God, that was who sick. He's been seeing. He's been seeing for like, I want to say like almost a year now. Yeah, I don't really know for sure. Um, but she's cool. Yeah, have you met her? I'm gonna go to, yeah, I've met her a couple times. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like parents dating is like kind of a. It's kind of like a weird thing. It's totally sometimes. weird. It's totally. I know weird. you've you've dealt with that so i i'm yeah. dealing it with my mom and scott uh scott mm -hmm. you've met um good guy 
I mean, they, yeah. they recently just told me that they're going to get married, probably. Or my mom told me that they're going to get married, probably. Um, and they want to go to Hawaii. <coughs> wow. Pretty fucking sick. Um, but, so yeah, there's Scott, and then my, my dad's dating this girl, Heidi, now. So they're both cuffed for the winter. Is that Heidi Klum? Um, it might be Heidi Klum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you... So your mom is dating or married? She's not married. She tells people they're married because it's less complicated. But no, she's been she's dating Bill. He's um, he's a dentist uh, from Elmhurst and uh, cool dude. Honestly, he's he's a great guy. They've been dating for God like eight something years now. So he's been in my life for a while. Wow. And my dad. Do you married. like him? I do like. I, I think oh, your he's dad's a good guy. married. Yeah. And yeah. it's and it's different. It's. You know, it's uh, different having, like, it's almost like having four parents, but, like, two parents, you're like, don't, yeah. be, my, don't be my parent, you know, but... Uh, yeah. You're not my dad. You're not my... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're not my dad, right? <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. Um, I, like, I, I kind of, like, marked, like, in the, like, I took a mental note at some point to bring up uh, stepdads. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I think... I think stepdads are just like a funny, like a funny concept. <laughs> so, so how's uh, but how has senior year been um, in Bloomington? One of like the biggest hotspots in the country for COVID. Yeah. Um, how has how has senior year been there? It's, it sounds like sounds like a pretty crazy time. It has been a fever dream. <laughs> I think that's the best way I can describe it. It's like you forget what day it is. Everyone around you is getting sick. Like. It, it's kind of wild. Yeah, it started off. It started off wild because um, the the whole demeanor on, on campus was like, "Oh, we're on college campus now. We don't have to worry about parents. We can get together, get drunk." And, and as you said, yeah, it became one of the worst COVID cesspools in, in the country. So, um, so I got COVID. Um, my one of my roommates got COVID. We shared it with all all of us and um it was kind of nice to get out of the way honestly but yeah <laughs> yeah so i was gonna say so past uh past the craziness of senior year obviously would you say it's going pretty decent compared to other years or ups and downs man honestly it's it's a strange thing i think uh relationally it's it's really affected me i um i used to spend a lot of my time i would just meet up with people on uh, go get dinner at Waterson, which is the big tower at ISU. Um, and I, I just, uh, I don't really have those exchanges. I feel like, uh, yeah, so, so it's really affecting me socially. And I, I do well when I'm social all the time, when I have social interaction every day. So when I get it in like bits and pieces, it's really kind of throws me off. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you can relate to that at all, but. No, yeah, I totally can, and I and I'm totally thinking about it, thinking about it from someone who knows you um, fairly well. Um, I can't. I mean, you're like what I admire most about you is just like your people skills. Um, I think you're you're a people pleaser. You just are always. I I don't have a good way of saying it, but you're just you're just a people person, and uh, you're always like chatting with people in public, which I feel like a lot of people like. Like shy away from, um, I know I do, um, and that's just something that's really cool 
and I like it. So I can't imagine what it's like for someone like you to just not being able, not be able to have those daily interactions um, that you're used to. Well, thank you, John. I just want to say that's uh, the kindest compliment anyone can pay me. In this is your first podcast. This is my first ever podcast. I was very nervous <laughs> coming up to this, but I like it. I, yeah, I've always wanted. It's it. pretty. It's pretty nerve wracking, definitely. Yeah, but it's always like so. We're like we're like twenty or so minutes in. By the time we're done, like I feel like you'll be you'll be rolling more. You'll Beautiful, be a lot more comfortable. <laughs> um, yeah, so. I guess I, so I kind of want to take a step back and talk, and talk about the formative years of Michael Rogman. Um, so where, so where were you born and where did you kind of grow up? Yeah. Well, I was born in Delnore Hospital. I think that's in Geneva or Batavia, right off on uh, Randall Road, just near the, uh, the Fox River. And I grew up. Right across from St. Charles East, it was. Uh, I could wake up three minutes before class and sprint across the street, and uh, yeah, that was the best. Uh, do you, what, what do you want to know? You want to know about my childhood? You want to know? So yeah, so let's 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 try and go back. Um, so were you always at? So the house on Dunham, right mm-hmm. across the street. Yeah. Were you at that house from the beginning? I was. Yeah. Yeah, I was born in that house. I think the only one that lived in my parents' old house. My my parents used to live across the uh, on the west side of the river. If you're heading west across the river, and um, you take a right at the uh, at the park, it was kind of like those neighborhoods. So like the little houses. So they lived there, and I think my sister lived there for a year or two. Yeah, then they moved to. The, the big red house in Forty Dunham. I actually gotcha. my my first two weeks of of my life I didn't go there. I went to my grandma's because Scott and Emily had chicken pox. So I oh. <laughs> so I spent more time with my grandma in the first two weeks of my life than I did. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned so you mentioned Scott and Emily. And, yeah. Uh, before before the the episode, um, Scotty Rocks was helping. Um, Mike set up his Bluetooth headphones. Scotty Roggs, the tech guy. <laughs> I imagine Scotty Roggs has helped you a lot with stuff like that. Yeah, no, he's yeah, he's my formative years. <laughs> he's my guardian angel of technology. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like growing up with Scotty and your sister's name is Emily? Emily. Emily. It was a very interesting dynamic relationship. I feel like our um, relationship changes all the time. Uh, Scott, I would consider one of my best friends. It was just, uh, it was so great. Uh, there's no one in this world that makes me um, at ease and laugh harder than my brother. It's just, we, we get along and we chuckle. Um, so it was great. We shared that. We shared video games. So we, um, I honestly, I think I had one of the best childhoods ever. We, um, as you know, I, I live on a, on a cul-de-sac and everybody would just look out of their window and see if anybody was outside. We would always, we would play tag and uh, walkie-talkie tag, hide the seek, and you know all those basic games. But um, we were just out there all the time and like using our imagination and like uh, it's like I, I think about the kids nowadays, you know, on their technology. And I'm, I'm almost at like the boomer stage where it's like these kids need to get off their phones, you know. 
I uh, on their on their snap faces. Yeah, yeah. Chats. yeah. And they're only fans, <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> but no, I, uh, I I had a childhood of adventure. Went outside and I laughed. Uh, and my sister, I had this different relationship. Sometimes it was it was almost like me and Emily versus Scott. We would um, whenever we were gonna like talk about life, I'd go hang out with the sister and. Uh, I, I don't know how I made enemies with my brother sometimes, but um, but I, but I did. <laughs> there's this there's this one. And that's just the, that's just brothers. And yeah. You guys are only what is it a three year age gap? Yeah, it's a year. It's a year and a half between all of us. So my brother's a year okay. and a half older than. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really interesting dynamic. So you guys were always, you guys were always kind of contemporaries. But you were always a little younger. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that makes for that makes for an interesting dynamic. As I um, as I've grown up, uh, my relationship has changed drastically with my um, brother and my sister. I, I realized that I, I didn't have like a very close relationship with them when I left for my freshman year school. I didn't have this. Uh, I didn't know what was going on in their lives and what was on their minds so I've I've been very adamant to kind of like have that be a part of our relationship so I'm like it's it's very cool as 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 an adult you can kind of cultivate those uh, emotional personal relationships that that you might not have had before so so different now that's awesome so you guys so all three so all three you are good would you say no uh Uh, um, by what like means? Patriot for each other. No, no, yeah, yeah. I'd say we're on. Yeah, no, we're on board. We uh, no hatred, no hatred. So that's good. I mean, and then it seems like so. Thinking about your so your parents, um, something I've I've noticed about you and your family relationship. I mean, you're very loving with your mom and dad, um, which is cool. Uh, I feel like it's pretty rare. I don't know. I feel like dads like suck <laughs> in a lot of cases. Like, <laughs> there's right. a lot of just like shitty dads out there. Yeah, um, yeah. And it seems like you. It seems like you have a like like a solid relationship with your dad. Um, uh, have has it always been that way? It's always been that way. I I don't know how, but I've just always loved him and, and been rooting for him. And uh, honestly, the relationship that I have with him is kind of part of the reason why I, I try to have intimate relationships with, uh, like like I said, my brother and my sister, with you and and the gang. Um, yeah, he, he's uh, he's uh, um, Catholic, and, and he's, he draws a lot um, love from. That's one, one of the biggest things talked about in the Bible is love. That's the most important thing, love, faith, and hope in the Bible. But most of all, have love. But so, um, yeah, that, I, I think that's the one of the greatest qualities I appreciate in, in a human being, and he's just overflowing with it. So, um, yeah. And what does he do? He is a salesman. He's a salesman. He works for a company called Adeptia, and and uh, he sells software. He's a software salesman. And uh, and then what about your mom? She uh, a similar question. What's your relationship like with her? I, I have a different relationship with her. 
with my dad it's like uh love and heckling and like uh just like over the top sometimes right and my mom is um cool-headed and meticulous i would say so I, i have very different relationships but both both of those relationships are very intimate i draw a different uh, things for awesome. them, and say. how uh, and how old were you when they split? I was. Oh, I, I I don't even remember. I think it was around eleven or twelve years old when they split. Okay. Yeah. What was that like? It was terrible. It was when I was a kid. It was interesting. I I kind of sensed some you know tension in the household. And I told both my parents, I said, well, my biggest fear in the world is that my parents will get divorced. That's what I told them. So yikes. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah, big, big yikes. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, it was bad news. And it, it kind of crushed me emotionally. And um, I don't know, it, it affected me. It, it caused me to be very stoic, to be, to be, um, have the appearance of like, I'm not. And pain because I saw I saw how the uh, household was and everybody was shooken up all parties were so I, I kind of tried to be this calm stoic presence in the in the household I don't know why I felt like I needed to do that but um, yeah I kind of went interesting inward because and then, of that. Um, yeah and then what did um, as far as like your siblings were there sides that were taken did any of that happen yeah or? yeah there was um, I'd say my brother and my sister both kind of veered towards my mom's side. Yeah, I was like the only one that took my dad's side. Yeah, my my dad was, um, uh, he had a lot of anger then, and he, uh, I don't think he was good with um, dealing with it. He, he um, expressing it was more important than thinking about how it affected other people. So, but I, I, yeah, but the, there was the love proponent, right? The, this this love that I see that my dad has, and he always, whenever he has uh, affects anyone, he'll and when he calms down, he'll think about it and he'll address it. So I just I knew he was this loving entity, and I just had to look past all this whatever. Yeah, you know, that's, but, that's interesting. Yeah. So my yeah my my parents split, so it's a little bit different. Mine is a little later, so the good. The good thing about it was, I mean, it kind of happened, I mean, I think it officially happened, like, after I left for college. That was kind of the plan for a while, was, like, oh, uh, like, just get Johnny through, co- or get Johnny through high school, send him off, and then yeah. call it quits. Um, but the, the thing that was interesting about my situation was definitely, um, there was, like, a long build-up to it. There was, like, a long time when shit wasn't good. So probably, like, from, like, maybe, like, beginning or middle of junior year all the way through senior year, like, they weren't really on speaking terms. Um, and it was kind of, like, it was kind of, like, a pretty toxic situation where was, it wasn't super fun to be at home. Was that, like, a, a open narrative that you saw, like? talking about what do you mean by open narrative um like is is that the kind of dialogue that you heard like oh we're thinking of breaking up like this and that no i'm kind of i'm kind of realizing this like from hindsight yeah i feel like yeah um, 
in the moment, I just knew they like weren't getting along anymore. And I think they were staying together or like they were staying in the same house for like financial reasons, um, which is kind of like a shitty situation. So I look back at it in hindsight, like I wish, I wish one of them would have just moved out. (laughs) Honestly, I feel like that would have made things go like substantially smoother. Do you think Um, it's better now? But I think, I think it's good now. Um, How my mom kind of talks about it is, and I don't, I don't know. I'd be interested to hear what your parents are like, because how my mom looks at it is she says she still loves him, um, and always will, and, like, is going to support him until we croak, which is pretty nice to hear, I think. Yeah. And I haven't really talked about it much with my dad, Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah. How, How about your parents? What's their relationship like? It's kind of uh, cordial, uh, I would say. It's kind of like they they re- respect each other's entities, but just kind of leave it at that. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that that the dust dust has settled, and I, I think yeah. I think um, both gotcha. my parents handled the divorce really well. So, so that that's good. Yeah, for that I'm I'm very yeah. grateful. T- time is a crazy thing. I'm yeah. like kind of in dealing with my own shit the past like couple years. I've realized. Like, just like six months of time can really just alter your opinions on everything. Yeah. So, a decade or so, like what your parents have gone through, like that's that's just forever. Um, And yeah, a lot could happen. Okay. um, So, family talk. We kind (laughs) of so so you mentioned um, your your neighborhood. Um, this is something I kind of remember growing up because I had close family friends who I should go visit soon. I visited Cheryl. Um, she works for the Anderson Animal Shelter. Yeah. Now, which uh, is pretty cool. Are you talking about the um, Greenspans? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I visited Cheryl like a few weeks ago and she's like amazing. Like she's such a cool person. She's wonderful. Um, but yeah, so you talked about this neighborhood. Yeah, this this neighborhood you grew up in was awesome. There were like so many kids. Yeah, <laughs> just to like hang out with all the time. No, it was the best. <clears throat> it was the best. It was the, the coolest. It was almost like, uh, um, it was like Lord of the Flies minus all the like killing and shit. So all the, all the right, it was yeah. like this all whole little society stuff. of, um, <laughs> these kids that were like, to get together and kids man it was great yeah so then i imagine that kind of um like went on to school like i imagine you were friends in school with people that were in your neighborhood would you say did you go to like fox ridge and then redling yeah it was at first well first i went to da vinci academy school oh, for, okay yeah yeah school for the gifted school for the gifted man i mean whoa <laughs> <laughs> not on the brag but i mean <laughs> yeah, so I, I did uh, I did that for a few years, first through fourth grade, and that's when uh, I was in Mr. Isaac's class, and he was just a, a terrible fucking guy. <laughs> just, like, just this angry dude. He would like he, he was honestly like a bully. He would bully some some, 
some kids. Uh, there's one kid. His name was Dennis Boshikov. And anytime Dennis opened his mouth, this guy would just like explode. He like throw pencils at him. Was <laughs> that a nice guy? And uh, uh, yeah, there was. I'll never forget. There was one time. Uh, <laughs> it was like the biggest thing that ever happened at the school. The school had maybe a hundred people at it um, at the time. Mr. Michael called in every um, every boy at the school into the boys' bathroom, and he had us all gather around a urinal. And he, and he, and he points at the urinal. And he says, "Who shit in the urinal? <laughs> Who shit in the urinal?" And I was like, "Whoa! <laughs> this is intense." Man. Was the shit still in the urinal? Yeah, the shit was in the urinal. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was just extraordinary that that would happen at the school for the gifted, right? But yeah, yeah. so I did that, and then I went to um, Fox Ridge, and then, um, yeah, Red Lake Middle School to, to East. Then, then Red Lake, then high school. I kind of want to get into just like the formative years of our relationship, for one, and then your relationship with the rest of the people in our little squad. So do you kind of remember, do you have any like, um, like early memories of me? Like what kind of sticks out is like the first memory of me that you have? I, I don't remember exactly when we started hanging out. I, I know we were acquainted in middle school, but we weren't like hanging out all the time. My perspective of you was, was a pure uh, froth. Uh, like this guy's a froth legend. I'm like, I, I always, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty good with the, uh, with like the the casual frisbee. So I was like, yeah, yeah. She's like, who is this guy? Who's this froth legend? And John, by the way, for any viewers that are outside of the friend group, owns the record at uh, what is it? Uh, I can't think of it. The, minus uh, minus twenty one or minus twenty two. Yeah, it's like a little up in the air. I don't really remember, which yeah. is kind of shitty. Yeah, um, being that it's the record, but it's definitely minus twenty something. Which I don't think anyone has ever hit. I think yeah, I think it was twenty three something like that. Sickest brag. I'm the sickest brag in the squad. <laughs> I have to say. Yeah, I, I knew that. I knew that you always loved poetry and literature. I always wish um, that I uh, went to one of your poetry or like performed or did some poetry in your poetry class. I I absolutely loved uh, going to some of those. Um, I remember. Was it you? It, um, it was some poetry event. One, you juggled, which is sick. And then, <laughs> two, um, there was like a finalist thing where you had to like write a poem on the spot. I think it was Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. That was like a, yeah, that was interesting. That was uh, for um, Creative Writing Club when I was in high school. Yeah. With I, Miss, Miss Zakis, was that her name? With, with, yeah, with, with Genevieve Zakis, my first love. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh yeah that was that was a time that that i look back at those years as that, that kind of that was like the first passion i don't know because i played i played baseball all my life yeah um, and i started to realize like in high school like by my like junior or like yeah by like my junior and senior year playing baseball i realized that i just didn't fit in like at all um, and I kind of look back on it and I get angry at myself because I was like, 
so incredibly shy. Like, I just didn't really... Like, I was likable. Everyone liked me, and we got along, and it was great. But I just, like, didn't have fun. Yeah. And I kind of, like, look back on it as, like, oh, that's because, like, it wasn't really my thing. It wasn't really, like, my type of crowd. And I was never even that good, so it's not even, like, it mattered that much anyway. Um, but, yeah, so joining the joining that creative writing club in high school was, like, like kind of, like, a big step. It's kind of what, why I'm, like, podcasting right now, basically. It's just it's what got me into this kind of thing. You know what? Um, I, w- I was going to mention that. I um, that, was, that was the next thought in my head. It was... Um, yeah, junior or senior year, I really noticed a difference in you, and I, I didn't know it. I, 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 it was on the tip of my tongue, but I, I couldn't describe. But it seemed like you were more comfortable in your own shoes. It really just seems like you were like down for for just being you, and I, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I tell <laughs> I tell a story at an open mic in college one time about how um, I was like just starting to get into poetry and starting to get into performing a little bit. Um, and it kind of like embarrassed me a little bit. Um, I'm like the baseball team. Like I kind of had trouble. This was my junior year. Um, I kind of had trouble, um, like admitting it to people. I kind of had trouble like admitting it to my coach cause I thought he would think of me as a girl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so because of that, there was like, there was an open mic happening at East and <clears throat> it, it was like, Right at we had a game that day, and it was right after a game, um, and we had just lost to Geneva, um, which just pissed off Lena Squeenie, like to no end. Um, <laughs> and and instead of being like a logical human and just like telling him before the game, like, hey, like there's this open mic happening, like at East, like and I kind of want to go. Can I like dip out like right as the game ends and like skip all the BS after the game. And he, like, would have said yeah, and it would have been fine. But I didn't do that. Instead, right after the game, after we lost to Geneva, I told him I had a doctor's appointment <laughs> <laughs> at fucking, like, 7 o'clock. <laughs> and he looks at me and he's like, you have a doctor's appointment at 7 o'clock. And I distinctly remember saying, I distinctly remember saying, like, uh, yeah, it's a dermatologist. <laughs> <laughs> but I just left. I went to the open mic. Um, yeah, so that was that was interesting. Um, but yeah, I bring up that it was junior because yeah, because as you said, in, in senior year I kind of started to change where I wasn't playing a ton in baseball, and I kind of they kind of told me that I wasn't going to play a ton, so I kind of like made it clear from like the beginning of the year that like, hey, like I'm on this team because you like me, and it's my senior year, and this is great. But since I'm not gonna like play that much, like I'm I'm gonna like focus more on doing what I like, which was doing the creative writing stuff. Um, so I remember like yeah, just sometimes blowing off practice just to go write, cause yeah, cause that's what I liked. Um, so yeah, that was a bit of a tangent there. Um, but I remember my earlier memories of you, Rog, came from like hanging out with like yeah the the, the the your neighborhood boys um like i don't remember exactly what we were up to but i remember like damn this guy's like this guy's like a firecracker 
so fun. <laughs> Who the fuck's this guy? You had like the really short hair. Like, yeah. Like a like a straight like a straight buzz for like a while. I I was buzz cut boy for you, a while. And I think your brother also did, and you guys looked very similar. Yeah. From what I remember. Yeah, that's because our mom used to. I uh, I wouldn't go get my hair cut. My mom would just get the see the buzzer set. So she she just, mom, I need a haircut. She just buzzy in the kitchen. kind of talked about a little bit of the, the formative years of our relationship um but can you kind of think back to some of some of your like best friends in high school um some of those formative people that kind of made you the way you are today yeah <laughs> um the first relationship that comes to mind is alex whitley mm-hmm. he was my and to this day i'm not proud of that if I'm gonna be honest, um, in, in middle, that, yeah. yeah, he was. Uh, I remember we were uh, like you and the boys. I, I'd all met them. Like I had met uh, Paris uh, in cross country. I think it was. Uh, I think it was the first of the boys that I met. It was like sixth grade. Oh, I met Nick Stalin too. We um, we'd walk to school sometimes, but um, yeah, I would say like my one of my first best friends, so to speak, was uh, Alex Whitley. And it was like this, um, my subconscious thought at the time was definitely like, all right, this guy, like, this guy talks to girls. If I hang out with him, like, I could talk to girls. It's kind of popular. I could be with the popular crowd, right? So, yeah, I, I enjoyed being around him. But at some point, I would say junior year, I had this epiphany. I was like, wow, Alex is not a good human being. <laughs> he's, he's not nice to other people. Uh, he doesn't say good things to women, like, and he, he all he does is like want to smoke pot and be negative. So I was like, wow, I, that's not the kind of relationship I want. So in, in terms of to answer your question, it's an example of like what I I don't want in, in a in a friendship, like negativity. That's 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 the lesson that Alex taught me. It's like. Uh, you can pay attention to some people and how they talk and sometimes the majority of someone's dialogue is negative that just it's just like daunting to be around it sucks Um, so besides that I would honestly kind of say I was like a drifter I would always hang out like I would hang out with you guys occasionally and then I'd hang out with um, Kyle Decker and, and all of his friends and then I would hang out with like the theater kids, right? So I, I kind of like spread my right. time equally. I was gonna and, bring up you did a you did the one acts. Every yeah, year, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That acting. <laughs> yeah, that, that was honestly one of, one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Because I'm I'm a shy guy. Naturally, I'm, I'm very shy when, when it comes to like this social pressure. I feel very heavily in my body, right? But that taught me, like, fuck it, just fuck it all, just like, just go out there and, and have fun and just be yourself. And I, so, um, 
kind of the same epiphany that you might have had your junior year. I feel like I got that through um, one axe. I would say that was huge. Nice. It's interesting. So you did. So you did the one axe. You did cross country. You played a little football too, right? I did. I, I, yeah, I did. Yeah. So that was that was high school. Uh, a time. <laughs> a time. You, yeah. lo- looking back on high school, did you? Would you say you liked it overall? Or? I, I like some aspects of it. I, I look back. I, I, I remember my. I remember coming back to high school for the first time. Um, when I was a freshman in college, I, I came back to watch the one X. I wanted to see, you know, and a bunch of friends in there and just the social atmosphere was like, uh, like fake. It's like, it, uh, I think that's the best way to describe it. Like everyone's like pushing to get attention and to get the good laughs and yeah, to be funny and smile. And it's, um, so th- yeah, that's what I, I didn't appreciate about high school was like this lack of authenticity but that's uh, that's my own perspective i'd imagine there's a lot of people that uh, found authenticity but uh yeah i i didn't like the the social atmosphere of high school i would say did you uh did you date much in high school two girlfriends three girlfriends in high school i dated mar handler for for two months (laughs) yeah it was two months and then I dated um, Sarah Garvin, and she was she was very sweet. She's one of the sweetest person people I, I've met. I'm meeting up with her um, soon because I haven't talked to her in quite a while. But oh, nice. yeah, yeah. So, so that so that ended positively, I'm guessing. No, no, it didn't. No, <laughs> no I, I, I uh, in hindsight, I don't I don't think it was the healthiest of um, relationships. Uh, I was so. Uh, Emotionally, I've never been that emotionally invested in someone. I just like, I loved her. I loved her, but um, center of our relationship was mental illness. That's kind of what brought us together and kind of created this source of empathy. But, but I don't, I, uh, I don't think that's healthy for that to be the center of your relationship, right? Right. It should, right. it should be uh, more positive things. So that's. So I, I, um, I thought it was an extraordinary relationship, but yeah, I don't think it was healthy at the time. But so that, and then I dated <laughs> uh, Keely Keely McLaughlin. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and that ended. Um, it ended abruptly. Yeah. I don't know. It was I was kind of like in a hater phase. I I oh I don't know if I um told you about. I don't think I told any of the boys this. Actually, I got kicked out of my house. my mom kicked me out of my house because I was smoking weed. Oh, uh, I I felt like I kind of remember that. Yeah, I don't really know, but that's interesting. And it was because kind of because of Keely. Did she like get you into weed or no? But she was kind of like my excuse to like smoke a lot of weed and just hang out mm-hmm. um yeah but yeah it, it wasn't just like smoking weed like i i don't know i was troubled in school i was like yeah. sleeping class a lot and right. when you got like kicked that. out what did you do 
I went to my dad's house. (laughs) Oh, there you go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that's a benefit of... uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, so, I just sticking with the subject, I kind of want to, like, take a deep dive into college, too. But did you have... Did you date in college as well? Or not as much? No. I I dated... I dated uh, Sarah going into college. Uh-huh. And then I dated Ashley for two weeks, and, <laughs> and oh, that yeah. was, yeah, and that's that's been it. Those have been my relationships. Interesting. So have you been? Have you been? So you said you were madly in love with Sarah, right? Um, was that like the one time you'd say you've been in love? I would or say so. Just, okay. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, that's just crazy. That shit is crazy, man. <laughs> Love is crazy, man. That's yeah, we'll say. Fucking, fucking every song and every movie is about it. Oh yeah, dude. That that's that's the craze. It's like this. You get like this third eye when it comes to like music. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. Know, I know, I know how you feel, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've dealt with the situation in the last like year or so. Yeah. And it's kind of like, yeah just changed my perspective on fucking literally everything yeah <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's fascinating it's fascinating so yeah are you are you looking to date uh, obviously it's hard with covid but yeah are you kind of yeah i am looking to date um it's, it's been hard if i'm gonna be honest uh i'm kind of particular with what i look for and it's kind of, yeah. i think it's kind of hard to find but what i've noticed that's what I've noticed about living on my own and being in a city too is that I'm not saying that I could just I'm not saying I'm attractive enough to just get on the app and swipe and have someone at my house that night. <laughs> like yeah. that, just, that just just doesn't happen for me and it never will. Um, <laughs> but I've been more successful than I ever have cuz I feel like just the crop is like way higher. In like a yeah, city. and college is just weird. Like I, I, I didn't meet up with a single person in college off of an app. Yeah, and I like tried pretty consistently. I would say. Yeah, um, that's what I thought. I, I just don't know like what it was, but yeah. Um, but what I kind of realized in here is, yeah, I, I need to be, I need to be more selective with it. <laughs> when in college it was like oh like just gotta get one person man <laughs> like come on it doesn't matter who it is as long as she's breathing like, <laughs> let's, make it ha- let's make it happen um but here like yeah you can it's pretty easy to just like jump into something yeah like, without yeah i i don't well i i think it's good to have standards like uh, well, obviously you can't pick and choose every aspect of somebody but like you know, after you're in a few relationships, you know what's healthy and what's not healthy. And right. I, one one big aspect of uh, I, I thought about relationships. I was thinking about like like what qualities I like at all. And I want to date someone who knows peace. It sounds like this. Uh, uh, it's very philosophical sounding. It's yeah. It sounds super <laughs> philosophical, right? But I, I, but I think that's super important. I, I think it's super important yeah. to be able for someone to go home at the end of like a hard day, and um, just like know how to handle themselves, right? Mm-hmm. That's super important because otherwise, there's really going to be like no peace. Like, it, like if you were to live with that person, like 
You're gonna be stressed out all the time. So that's like exactly, exactly. Interesting. Okay, so has has been in love once. Um, has been in love once in college, but wasn't super successful. Um, and yeah, is looking is looking to love again. I am. Hey, so all you ladies that listen to this podcast, <laughs> start swiping. <laughs> you might find me. <laughs> you might. You might. Uh, so okay. So thought high school was pretty solid. You liked it. Um, met some cool people. Yeah. Some not so cool people. Yeah. Um, pretty, pretty typical. What <laughs> made you go to? So you went to ICU. Went to ICU. Um, what made you pick ICU? Oh, it's the easiest choice in the world. I, um, I was applying for colleges. Yeah, I went to a few. I went to uh, a school called Wisconsin or a University of Wisconsin Stevens Point. I didn't like it. And then I went to uh, NIU and then a few other schools. I went and saw ISU. Um, and it was awesome. It's a great campus. Everything was on the quad. Like at literally, my entire college career has been on the quad. It's super. Like I don't have to walk around campus it's not some extraordinary event to get anywhere um, it's big enough but um, yeah I, I had a solid impression of the school and then I get back and I was talking to Matt Kinnanen if you remember Matt Kinnanen yeah he went to ISU too yeah yeah so I uh, he's like yeah I, uh, I applied to ISU they got back to me like two days later so I was like damn so I was like all right, so I uh, so I applied and they got back to me two days later, um, and I had um, a scholarship there. Nice, so, yeah. so su- cheap. Su- yeah, yeah, su- yeah, super cheap comparatively to, to other schools, and I liked the school. I was impressed. So, yeah, I just signed. It was my only application I turned in. Was ISU interesting? Okay, yeah, yeah I turned in like a lot. <laughs> I was like the kind of guy who just, I just had no idea, um, and then I think I ended up. Picking, I think I ended up picking Wesleyan like because of Zachis. Honestly, like I, I can kind of say that now. <laughs> like I was kind of like fifty fifty. I was like fifty fifty U of I and Wesleyan, and then I'm like, oh well, this teacher I really like went to Wesleyan. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna go there, uh, and like I don't know. I think it worked out <laughs> pretty well. Um, so, no are you happy with so, your choice? Um. I think so. Like, there's no, like, I don't know. I feel like if I would have went to U of I, I would have maybe had more fun socially. I may have had more sex. Um, but, I don't know. And I was and I got to travel, like, a lot. Like, I feel like if I went to U of I, like, I don't know if I would have traveled as much as I did. Um, yeah. And, yeah. So, that was great. Um and yeah, I loved my professors, and I got to start the podcast. Oh, yeah, it was it was okay, <laughs> ups and downs for sure. But um, so you so you go to ICU, you get to ICU, you live. I remember your dorm freshman year was pretty was pretty shitty. You lived with Beto. <laughs> yes, yeah, Beto, yeah, Beto. <laughs> yeah, you threw up in his. Uh, like his clothes, his like clothes yeah. hamper or something. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that. You know? <laughs> yeah, I always yeah. The first week, I just kept blacking out and peeking. Yeah. Stuff. So, was not a good roommate. 
There's a great roommate after that. If you just wipe out those two, one two weeks, then... That's good. <laughs> yeah. So, freshman year of college, pretty good? Or? It was sick. It was absolutely yeah. sick. It was one of the sickest times of my life. I'll say, I was like... After high school, I was like looking for like... Uh, like a more mature crowd, right? I, I feel like people in high school just like don't give a shit. Like, like just be who yourself, who you, who you are. Um, you didn't have to like pretend to be anybody. So it was like this new environment. I could just go chase after whatever I want. And I learned this uh, kind of tangent when I was having all kinds of uh, some some mental problems back uh, um, in high school. I went to an outpatient program. Um, for because anxiety and one of the uh, things that I uh, two big things I, I learned was one is mindfulness which is kind of like my mantra nowadays I know I've mentioned mindfulness and meditation um, but the other one I learned was willingness and they uh, I learned this thing called uh, it's opposite action therapy and what it is is you um, things that make you uncomfortable you provoke that in order to gain an emotional tolerance so the more you expose yourself to something that might be uncomfortable, the more comfortable you get at doing that. So I was like in this willingness state. I was like, oh, if I if I just am willing to like experience this discomfort, I can gain confidence. I can uh, be funny. I can like uh, like uh, yeah. So you I, so, I, so you peaked freshman year of college then. No, no, I, no, <laughs> no. But I, I was like, honestly, I think I do need more willingness in my life right now. But um, right. yeah, but no, I just. Um, but you found you found that balance then. Yeah, I did. Which, so I just okay. I put myself out there, man. I just kept putting myself out there. I joined all kinds of different. I joined frisbee club, and I was like, um, just talking to random people. I was just talking to random people and creating relationships. So I knew. Um, by junior year, I knew, like, I could go to the dining hall and I would know um, two or three groups of people every time I would That's go. Cool, I man. just, I knew a lot of campus, so. Um, yeah. Did you join the business fraternity freshman year? Or? I joined, yeah, my second semester of freshman year. I wanted to, like, establish myself socially, and then I was like, all right, now it's it's time to pursue um you know, career and, betterment. And why'd you, so, okay, so it was all about career benefits. Did you ever consider joining, like, an actual frat? No. Or, no? No, first of all, I, I don't really think those those kind of guys are, like, my people. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I, I respect the, uh, like, hanging out with, it's like the pursuit of, like, the boys, like, oh, or, like, yeah. I, I feel like what we have as a friends group, that's It's kind of like, like a frat, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I can understand the appeal, but like the the whole like rush hazing, like oh go uh, crawl on your knees uh, like through glass and you know go, do cocaine. Go, I'm like go fucking like stab a dog. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> is, why, why is our friendship uh, contingent upon me stabbing a dog? So I just like I I, I wasn't about that, right? So um, right. So yeah, I joined the business fraternity. I, and I think it's great because these people are like gonna run corporate America. They're some of the most badass people, but and they're fun to be around too. So it's like um, they say, uh, "You are who you surround yourself by." So I kind of like 
turn it up. Gotcha. And you build some, you build some pretty pretty good bonds in your business threat. Awesome relationships. Uh huh. Some very awesome relationships. Who would you say your like best friend is, like from college? It's a guy named uh, Andrew Mozart. I think that's Uh how you say his last name. I don't remember his last. One of the coolest people I've I've ever met. He, um, taught he he introduced meditation to me and uh, honestly okay. like it changed my life it was kind of like my uh, uh, my transition uh, into college also like this willingness phase and then um, uh, after meeting him and, and learning about meditation just oh, like practicing and practicing and practicing so you started so let's just jump right into that you started meditating when um I think it was my sophomore, my sophomore year, and um, I always have anxiety, right? And kind of my, what I used to do was like, I I really used to try to like rev myself up, right? I'd really just try to be energetic and this and that, and that that I would say I would say, what's kind of what I've been known for is like this energy, this, right. Um, and it's all kind of like self-manufactured so that I would feel that in place of anxiety. I, I only had two buttons. One was like, I'm completely exhausted, which nobody sees when I go home. And the other one is, oh, the, the rev them up, the funny, you know, uh, high energy. So, um, yeah, yeah, Andrew, through meditation, really taught me that, like, just to be myself. Just to be mindful and, and experience things for uh, what they are. Cool. Okay, so you started... So you took a gap year or semester I, in yeah. college? Was it a year? Yeah, it was a year. Um, so that was... It was when... Was it when I was... Was it junior year? Is that... Yeah, yeah okay. it would be... Yeah, yeah junior year. And what, what kind of prompted that? It's not a good thing, but something that's uh, caused me problems um, until today. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had a nasty concussion. I I think I told you about that. I was I was riding the penny board and I flew headfirst into this uh, metal guardrail. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, after that, um, or that was second semester sophomore year, and then the summer, I just I noticed. Um, my cognitive abilities were not all there. I had some online classes and I would get really flustered um, clicking through uh, different web pages. I would get lost. So I went into my junior year and I was, I was super excited. I had, I had a role in my business fraternity. I was a pledge at, which is like this, it's a big position for the fraternity. But um, yeah, I had that, but I just, I couldn't perform. Every time I go to class, um, I try to pay attention and I'd be writhing in pain. I literally, my head would be in my lap. Um, and um, yeah, so a lot of pain and I just couldn't study, I couldn't learn. So uh-huh. yeah, it's not a um, not a fun topic in my life. I had a lot of pain and suffering. Um, but yeah, right. I just I need I needed a break. I needed a break from that um, uh-huh. mental intensity. So. So what was, 
what was the uh, the recovery process like? It was slow. I, I think the biggest part of the recovery process was accepting that my brain power might not ever be back at the point where it was. I might not have a hundred percent of my mental resources anymore. Right. Right. But um, and that was hard because yeah. Definitely. Because it, one uh, um, socially, it's it's so much easier to create and maintain relationships when you can remember things about oh how's uh, how's uh, the how's the baseball team doing or you know this and that. It's so much easier to to do that, and uh, so it's very frustrated, kind of limited something that I've really enjoyed in life. Um, because of that, I've learned a very val- I, I think very valuable lesson. And um, that's just uh, appreciate life in a very basic form. I'm mm-hmm. it's, uh, so the, yeah. The recovery process, I would say, was was getting to that point. And I, I've learned ways around it. I've uh, I use uh, different parts of my brain to to remember things. So like when I picture someone's or when I like read someone's name, I'll break it up and think of pictures in my head. So I'm using different parts of my brain to. So I've, I've, you know, found ways to get by. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, the uh, recovery process was kind of coming coming to terms with that. And it took me a while because I was very frustrated. Right. Yeah, I can imagine. That's, that's very interesting. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of looking at it as like another, like another phase, I guess. It's it really is. Like post, post-injury. Like, yeah, you're going to be a little different. Um, but I wouldn't consider the different any less, even if it might be like cognitively. Like if you look at the stats, it might be cognitively a little um, weaker than it was before. <clears throat> it's just about adapting and um, figuring out new ways to make shit happen. And yeah. it seems like you're doing that pretty well. Thanks, Johnny. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. So it's you know it's different. And I've kind of, um, yeah, I don't think, <laughs> to, to put it bluntly, I, I don't think I'm as exciting of, of a person as, as I used to be. I mm-hmm. kind of, kind of uh, um, willingness and um, was kind of like all I needed in order to get what I wanted. And to, that's all I needed to push through. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of a reality check that that's that's not exactly the case but but like i said i'm i'm so grateful for what i learned out of it and that's just to yeah. appreciate life it's it's yeah and you and you're here man like you you fall you fall a half an inch to the left and like you're paralyzed or something you fall a half an inch to the left and you're dead like yeah it's it's yeah. very scary um, yeah it is but yeah that's um that's why i I just like embodied mindfulness, right? Is like, how can I make my life better? Yeah, it was through mindfulness. Um,
just uh, I'm just gonna do a quick shout out to Buddhism. Buddhism, <laughs> real quick. Okay. Um, yeah. It's it's all about. What's interesting is it's not. It's inherently was not supposed to be a religion. It was. Uh-huh. It was this. Uh, the guy that created Buddhism was kind of like the world's first psychologist. He's like you know. Um, no prayers, no rituals. Um, the whole point of Buddhism was to uh, acknowledge that you'll experience pain and um, reduce suffering where you can. There's always going to be inevitable pain, but yeah. w- what you do with that pain um, is uh, determines how much suffering that you experience. Yeah. <clears throat> Vince Lombardi. A Vince Lombardi quote, he said, um, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. So that's, that's a good that's, quote. Yeah, it is. So that's um, what I, if you're curious about what goes on in my mind, that's a narrative that I spend uh, a good chunk of during my day. It's, it's practicing that, practicing mindfulness. So you have your gap year, you come back. Um, for like what's my senior year, your kind of third year in school, mm-hmm. um, and you're living in an apartment, right, with roommates, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did that go? Um, it, it had ups, ups and downs. My, my roommates were absolutely awesome. Two of the funniest, awesome guys I ever lived with, uh, Kyle Walter. He's he's kind of I would, um call him timid but he's just very soft-spoken so i always tried to like poke him and give him a hard time uh, my other buddy cash who was uh, uh, uh to put it bluntly uh, academics is not his strong suit but he was one of the <laughs> hardest <laughs> yeah. um, but he was one of the hardest working people i've ever met in my life he just had everything scheduled out each each um moment of his day was accounted for and he performed it to the T. So I just, I admired him for that. So two great guys to live with. Nice. But, um, yeah, I, I came back and I kind of felt like an outsider, right? I've been, I've been gone for a year and everyone's progressed and yeah, I, I kind of felt like an outcast. So, it, um, and it was interesting coming back to relationships that you haven't nurtured for a year. Right. Um, and at that point, you learn like who your who your true friends are. It kind of had like this, uh, honestly, kind of reality check in, in that regard. Like, um, I thought I had made all these uh, friends right my my freshman sophomore year, and um, I'd say about half of them stuck around. But uh, yeah, but but relationships changed. Yeah, so it was kind of like this hard reality check. But I kind of appreciate that because. Um, I think a good metaphor for that is uh, cutting the fat, cutting the fat off of meat. You know, you know who the homies are. You know where the where the meat is. So, um, yeah. So har- harder realities that I I had to appreciate, but I think I have fun ways to appreciate those. Cool, cool. Um, so you got through you got through that year. Yeah. Um, played a good amount of Smash, from what I remember. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I do and like Smash. You, so that was my senior year now. So yeah, that was March. In mm-hmm. March, shit kind of got fucked up. Yeah, we were yeah. we were both living in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. I had yeah. like a month and a half left of college. You had a little bit more. Um, 
but shit yeah shit got crazy <laughs> and yeah. uh covid hit and yeah i don't even know what to say about it but um i remember i was on an alternative spring break trip oh that's kind of funny oh <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah yeah, yeah. Is, uh... so yeah so towards the end towards the end of that year um was unofficial in champagne which um, <laughs> was the last, like, fun weekend we've had. <laughs> Which is pretty sad to say. Um, but yeah, you, me, and Joe um, rolled down to Champagne. We hung out with the boys. It was great. Yeah. And fucking Joe's car broke down on the way back. Oh, um, my God. And everybody <laughs> at U of I was drunk. There was no one. <laughs> yeah. We, I, we didn't know a single soul that was not intoxicated. <laughs> so. That's definitely hard to arrange so, a ride. So we were stuck. Uh, we eventually figured it out. Um, and then I ended up... We got back super late, and I had to wake up, like, three you're hours like, later. That was so That was so funny. Yeah, yeah the car broke down. You're like, guys, I gotta be on my bus tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was on... Um, in North Carolina at, like, a Christian, like, sleepaway camp. <laughs> yeah. Building houses um, when the news hit. And I also, like, I think I got my Peace Corps offer, like, like a half hour before Tom Hanks got COVID. God, it's like, oh, yeah. It's like kind of how, it's like kind of how it went down. Like, Tom Hanks. <laughs> um, wow. So, so that was a crazy time. You that was were, crazy. Were you in Bloomington or were you home? Yeah, no, I was in, I was in normal. Yeah, dude, that that time period just kind of sucked, man. I uh, I went home and um, my shoulder. I was having shoulder problems, yeah. and it, for for like three months, I, all I could do was sit every day. All, all I could do was like sit. So it was like this. Uh, uh, I couldn't do anything besides like the sit. So mm-hmm. I, I well, uh, went a little crazy in that regard, um, but. It was the perfect time to only be able to sit, right? It was the first quarantine. Right. Yeah. Just kind of... So we've talked about the formative years of Rog. Um, his friends, his family, um, his injuries, his battles with mental health, his meditation. I feel like we've gotten... We've painted a pretty decent picture. Um, so now we can kind of talk about the future, um, what are some of your aspirations right now, um, career-wise slash, I don't know, just what what are some things you want in life, like like five, ten years from now? Yeah, and that, that's kind of tough for me. I'm kind of, um, well, I feel like I'm at a crossroad. Part of me um, really wants to commit towards what I'm learning in the business world. I'm learning all about, like, um, business information system. That's, that's kind of my... Uh, my education so it's all like structure of databases and being able to uh, talk to clients and kind of create this uh, the infrastructure of of data and um, another one is uh, uh, a scrum master role there's this uh, uh, performance ideology called scrum Mm -hmm. and um it's a short iterative process so it's like this it's uh instead of giving your client one big deliverable 
you give them tiny chunks. So you say, oh, we worked on this. What do you think about this? Should we change anything? So it's kind of like the leader of that role. So, um, and uh, and both roles are like very lucrative, which is kind of like the draw. It's, it'd be super yeah, nice yeah. to to make some money, right? Uh-huh. But um, so that's that's kind of my plan. I'm I'm looking for those roles, kind of roles. Uh-huh. Um, and have you started applying? Or yeah, yeah. No, I've I've applied to, to a good amount of places. I had a few interviews. But that's not where my heart's at. I've, um, yeah, I've done a lot of reflection. Uh, I, I think I'm going to end up in psychology. I think I think okay. we're going to go back to grad school. Okay. Because um, kind of like to be like a like a therapist or yeah, I want to be a therapist. Okay. Like, uh, would love to do yeah, like um, clinical psychology or like. Um, work at like an outpatient program. I, I mentioned that yeah. I went to an outpatient program uh-huh. um, in high school, and and as I said, like just a few things that I learned absolutely completely changed my life. My life could be mm-hmm. and completely different. Um, I'd still be this shy guy, and I wouldn't have understanding of what's going on in my head, right? right. Um, so it's super easy to uh, change people's lives for the better, and yeah. Uh, it's something I focus uh, as as I said. Like, I spend a good amount of my time every day, like focusing on these skills. And uh, yeah, I I can I'm good at connecting with people. So I feel like that's kind of uh, I I uh, <laughs> uh, my yeah. That's kind of been my that's recent cool. epiphany. I just finished watching a Wes Anderson movie. Okay. It was it was uh, Rushmore. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> Great play, great blessing. <laughs> so good, but um, I know I just got super emotional after that. And I, yeah, I just started like writing on a piece of paper, or whatever I felt, and I wrote down two things, and I kind of want to stick by those things. Uh, one of them was, um, life is finite, and I feel like I'm kind of like throwing my days away right now, uh, doing all this bis shit. <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. other one is that. Um, I, I have a gift, and it would be a shame not to use that lifetime. I agree, so, man. Like, I think you. I wish you were my therapist. <laughs> uh, I think you're great. And if you ever want practice being a therapist, yeah, I will call. I will call you and Vince. Um, <laughs> yeah. Free charge. <laughs> free, free charge, Johnny. Uh, absolutely. But no, that's no. That's that's uh, that's where my heart's at. So, and I think it's something practical too. So that's. Um, I just kind of have to like play this the business game for a few mm-hmm. years and get some money and then yeah, dude yeah yeah that that sounds like it sounds like a great plan yeah so we'll see where it goes yeah Whew. so I think we kind of we kind of got we kind of ran the gambit yeah log, that's like. kind of yeah that was kind of full circle man <laughs> you brought up the. Uh, Wes Anderson. You watched all the Wes, oh, Anderson, Wes Anderson recently. Oh, for yeah. all you podcast listeners out there, please check out Wes Anderson. He's, he's got three yeah. movies on Amazon Prime. Go check them out. They're all wonderful. Change your life. You're a big... Uh, so Budapest is your favorite, which I agree with. Budapest right? is extraordinary. Yeah. Oh, Budapest, I feel, like, I feel like it's his masterpiece. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I'll top it. Uh, yeah, I want to see but, French Dispatch. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Great flex. Great flex. <laughs> um, Can I, I, there's, there's one thing I, I, I wanted to mention in, in retrospect. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, uh, um, so I kind of painted this whole like gloomy, painful picture of, of my year off. Right. Um, well, you, but, yeah, honestly, like I, I was like literally about to stop like whatever we were talking about and just like kind of go back and be like what did you do during that gap year yeah uh, we never yeah. really hit on that so yeah go for it yeah yeah so what i did i uh at first i um yeah i was like super gloomy yada, yada, yada. felt bad for myself <laughs> but um then i did two things one i i got into music i started playing piano and guitar and the other um i picked up two jobs and i got them both on the same day it was crazy um I started working at Target, um, and then I got a job at a UPS store. And um, <clears throat> Target was like, it was honestly, uh, it was a great job. They put me in the back. It was it was around busy season. Um, it was uh, for Christmas. Everyone's like buying gifts, so I was in the back, and I just wrap boxes. I like put gifts in boxes like eight hours a day. It was insane. I got so good at, at putting things in boxes. <laughs> and I, I, I spent a good amount of time doing that. And then um, my other job at UPS is, I think, the best job that I've ever had in my life. My boss is just absolutely crazy. Um, this guy told me that. What's really crazy is my boss, my boss dated my mom's boyfriend's sister. She dated... Laura Sack, Bill Sack's sister. So that was just freaking crazy, man. So I, I, I learned all the tea about the family. And then, um, yeah, he's just a crazy dude. Uh, he, he told me that he's done over a thousand whippets in his life. So like, this is crazy bowler, right? So you know, I could just go in and shoot the shit with him. He's just a, a super cool guy. So yeah, that's what I spent most of my time doing is just working. Right. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what are we gonna do when the pandemic is over? I feel like we need to just fucking go crazy. Yeah, go to, like, heart, go to, heart go to Germany or something. Yeah, I want to go to Oktoberfest with all the boys. Oh, just, that would like, be fun. Drink like fucking like a hundred liters of yeah, beer, just like in one night. I feel like I feel like uh, travel is gonna be very expensive. I feel like as soon as COVID yeah. over, like figure out the price. Yeah, that kind of that kind of makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. We're gonna we to do uh, like a hard bull. Hard Centur- Centurion two point Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for being the first guest on my unnamed podcast. Um, we'll figure it out. If you got any good names, send it over. Um, I, I will. And I have. And send me if if you if you really want um, like a walk walk out music, you could send send me whatever. But I have one in mind. Oh. Uh, if you want to just if you want to just give give me uh, creative control. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there is there uh? It can't be copyrighted music, right? It's got to be some. No, it can be anything. Podcast. Okay. You, you can play snippets of songs. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, John, thanks for having me. Like I said, it's uh, it's an honor to 
You had me as Absolutely. <laughs> have a good one. But when I have you in my arms, baby, you know I just can't, I just can't. Thanks get again enough. to Michael Ragman for coming on. We had a fantastic time talking. We always do, um, and we've talked a lot about podcasting again in the future. So look out for more content with Michael Ragman. And I want to thank all of you again for listening and all of the warm responses I got for episode one. Um, It really warmed my heart. And I'm really happy you guys are getting a kick out of this. Um, Until next time. Everybody's gonna die. blind man standing on the corner yesterday baby he couldn't hardly tie his shoes but he had a harmonica and a guitar strapped around his neck and it sure could it sure could play the blues oh yeah everybody's gotta live everybody's gonna die You gotta live before you know the